Hey there, I'm Jeremy with Good Beer Matters. First, thank you for listening to the Good Beer Matters podcast, where we explore the craft and culture of beer. Second, I want to see the beer and hospitality industries improve so we can do a better job, make more money, and so guests can have exceptional experiences. Good Beer Matters is dedicated to the pros and enthusiasts in the beer industry because we are the ones who will make it better. To that end, I want to invite you to subscribe to my monthly newsletter where I share perspectives on beer, styles, pairing, and some practical beer education. Go to goodbeermatters.net to subscribe. My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. I realized that I didn't like bad beer until I start drinking good beer, things change. Brazil is the third biggest producer of beer in the world. What's different about the Brazilian beer scene? So I'll definitely check the wood. Uh, I definitely would check the Catarina Sour. And we now have hops in Brazil. Brazil is one of the largest countries in the world with cultural and environmental diversity to match. So why don't we talk more about Brazilian beer? My next guest is a beer educator and she wants to change the way we think about Brazil within the world of beer. We find great experiences at the intersection of craft and culture. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. For the craft and culture of beer, this is episode 130 of Good Beer Matters with beer sommelier Priscilla Colares. Well, welcome back to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Uh, I think I say this every time because I, I'm just like a little kid in a candy store, or in this case, a big kid in a beer store uh, who just goes up to random people, says, will you be my friend? Uh, and that's just how it works in in the beer world. And so my my new beer friend uh, is lives in currently in the Netherlands, which that's a different story but is from uh, Brazil. Uh, Priscilla, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me, Jeremy. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here uh, sharing information about the Brazilian craft beer scene. Uh, you know, uh, I have not been to Brazil. I have not been south of the equator. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, uh, I think it might be the furthest south I've been, may have been Belize. Um, so... I, I need to get out a little bit more. And uh, so what I want to learn today is just more about the beer culture of Brazil. When we think about Brazil, I, you you brought it up prior to this conversation. We think about football. We think about uh, 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 Carnival, you know, and all the stuff that, you know, I, I think of beach volleyball, you know, when it comes to, uh, uh, to Brazil, right? Uh, uh, there's all of these things that we think about Brazil that that we see on TV that, you know, is portrayed in the movies. I want to know the reality, particularly of the beer world within Brazil. But first I, I want my guest to learn more about you and what you do and your background in beer. Will you please share that with us? Sure. Um, I drink beer since I, I was in college. Uh, I didn't like it very much uh, in the beginning, but I realized that I didn't like bad beer until I start drinking good beer, things change. So my, the beer that changed my, my palate was, uh, uh, I have a Weizen, 
that was made in Brazil, but had a very German name. So at the time I thought was something uh, that was from Germany and it was so good because beer in Brazil, the average beer, it doesn't taste good. So after that, I got uh, very into beer and I used to collect beer caps. And in college, I was everybody known me for my beer cap collection. And every time that somebody had a different beer, they always bring it for me to try. But that was a long time ago when we didn't have that many craft breweries in Brazil. And then I moved to the US in 2010. And I lived in Florida, New York, and Rhode Island. I was working the hospitality industry. And then I was like, oh my God, so many different flavors, so many options. And after three years in the States, I came back to Brazil and I decided that I wanted to work in beer. So in the beginning, I tried, uh, I, I was wondering why we didn't have any beer from Brazil in the US. Uh, and I was trying to convince the, uh, to convince the breweries to export beers. But at the time, this was like 10 years ago, uh, they were starting. So they were trying to make into the national market more. And then I did a sommelier course in Brazil with, uh, the sommelier beer sommelier courses like the Cicerone for the U S. So we have something now around 10,000 people that did this beer sommelier course. So I also did this course and I start working with events, uh, tastings, guided tours to breweries. And that's a little bit what I do today. Also, I travel a lot and I share everything about beer in my Instagram. So I work as a beer sommelier doing events, guiding tasters and doing publicity on Instagram as well. So uh, do you, uh, do you uh, uh, teach beer? Do you work for particular brands or do you, do you kind of go more of like the influencer route? Um, I used to work uh, with some projects for a specific brewer, brewery uh, a few years ago, but they got closed before the pandemic. And mm. now uh, I kind of work more as an influencer, but also with a lot of beer brands. I also, I, I enjoy more not being uh, in a exclusivity kind of setting. Yeah. Um, so let's talk more about uh, the, the beer sommelier that you're doing. Is that the, the Domans program or is there a different one? There is in Brazil a lot of schools. So okay. a lot, I mean, that probably around 10 schools that uh, teaches this type of class. Uh, so it's all over. I, I give classes specific to one school that's called Instituto da Cerveja or Beer Institute at the Brazilian Beer Institute. So there they have courses about sommelier. They also have uh, technical courses for people that want to work in breweries and other beer related courses as well. Gotcha. Um, and, and I'm sorry if you said the date, uh, when, when did you do that and how long have you been a beer sommelier? Um, I grad, I did the course in 2013. So this year I, it's like, uh, it's going to be 10 years that I work specific as a beer sommelier. 
Well, then happy anniversary. Um, so, uh, and real quick, because you, uh, it's my morning, your evening, so you're drinking beer and I'm not, and I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, tell us about the beer you're drinking. Well, I'm drinking a West Coast IPA from my favorite brewery from Brazil, which is in my city. Uh, it's called Flower Power. And wait, the camera is here. <laughs> it's a very nice uh, brewery. Uh, it looks like his brewery looks like some Colorado breweries. So it's a very small brewery that does that does high-end beers. He is specialized in IPAs, so all his IPA, all of his IPAs are amazing. But particularly, I like more his lagers. He's been uh, for a while now into Czech lagers. Oh wow! He does amazing job. We went together to uh, to Czechia in a mission in a beer mission uh, last year and i'm very glad that he's doing all these nice lagers there so it's a, a nice brewer for you to check it's called koala some brew fantastic uh so let's let's dive into brazil uh, uh can you give us the short version of the history of beer in brazil i mean what what was the culture like coming through the, the past century and even beyond? I mean, how did beer get its start in, in Brazil? Well, there was a lot of uh, small breweries uh, in the south of Brazil where you have a lot of German uh, immigration uh, in that okay. side. But uh, we have like uh, AB and Bev, it's from Brazil, and they yeah. have uh, today's around 65% of market share there. So before all the history of AB and Bev used to be uh, a few larger breweries and then they merged and that's the beginning of AB and Bev's history in Brazil. Yeah. And they used which to have 70% it, 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 and now it's 65. <laughs> which I want to interject real quick. Uh, I've, I've heard people say that, that uh, AB and Bev, everyone assumed they were Belgians. And, and that's, I believe, the story I have right from when I worked for a, a company owned by AB and Bev. Uh, it was like uh, uh, Anheuser-Busch was bought out by a Belgian company. And then that larger company was bought out by a bigger company, or at least they merged. There was AB and then there's Ambev and then you have AB InBev. Yes. But when people think about it, it's an, a Budweiser, for example, is an American beer and, it's, and it is, uh, but people think, oh, it's owned by Belgians. How, you know, Belgians love beer. Well, that whole AB InBev is actually owned by Brazilians. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and and all judgment aside this just factually speaking and and one of uh one of the people i used to work with and work for uh was one of the high level people in anheuser-busch mm -hmm. when this whole thing happened um and and he shared with me that that uh, he left anheuser-busch after that all happened because he didn't like what he saw and and he said that you know basically now these beer brands are owned by as he put it by bankers, not not beer people, but bankers in in Brazil. It, do you is that sound right to you? Yes, definitely. Uh, the whole story is very complicated because it's so many merges and it's kind of difficult to keep track of it. But it was the two largest brewers in Brazil. They merged to form uh, Ambev, and then uh, they bought the Belgian one. 
they merged yeah. with the Belgian brewery uh, that was Interbrew. I, I'm not so sure the names now. And then they did with the uh, they also merged or, or bought I don't know the 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 correct term um, with Einhausen Bush. And now they're this gigantic thing that uh, we know. So it all yeah. started with this merge in Brazil of these two major brands that they we have in the country. And yeah, so if you think about uh, beer in Brazil, uh, just some curiosity, I'm I'm going to say that I think uh, Brazilians are the people that drink the coldest beer in the world. Uh, when I mean cold, it's literally cold. You know, when you have like a bottle and it's all white, like because of it's so cold, it, like the, the ice starts to form in the bottle. That's how wow. people like to drink beer in bars. So if you see... But, it, but, it, but in all fairness, Northern Brazil is parallel to Ecuador, which is Spanish for equator. So it's hot there. You know, it's very hot. Yes. Yeah. But it's just like ice cold beer. So every time that I talk to some somebody that visits Brazil and they uh, are from some other country, they always comment this like, oh my God, the beer is so, so, so cold. And so did you guys originate the, uh, the slushy IPAs <laughs> or the, the slushy beers? <laughs> It's, it's just that we have all, all kinds of names for uh, the bottle when the bottle gets this white. So that's when people get crazy about in a regular bar, in a regular setting. Uh, so I would say that's how we drink beer. And we, we also in bottles from 600 um, mLs. I, I, I don't do imperial. No, I don't know how to just no, the answers. No, that's or, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that is roughly uh, uh, so... I think an American pint is just shy of half a liter. Uh, so, yeah. So it's so that's that's the uh, specific bottle that I don't usually see uh, in other places. Uh, so that's the regular setting. You go to a bar, you drink lots of these beers, usually in bottle, uh, and very, 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 very cold. And also with the glasses that come out of the fridge, all like this kind of thing. Yeah. This is the majority of the beer that it's drinked in the country. Uh, Brazil is the thirdest biggest producer of beer in the world. So we are behind China and the US. But Brazilians drink less than Czechians, which the one that drinks the most. So well, we drink around the entire 70 world drinks liters. less than, than Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, we drink around 70 liters a year per capita. And every kind of state has its own thing. Brazil is very diverse on this. Uh, but I would say if you think like if you arrive in Brazil and you are in the beach or you are in Rio, that's what you're going to find usually close to the beach, this type of beer. So, and Heineken it, is too bitter for Brazilians as well. So Heineken you know, is too bitter. Interesting. Yeah, for the regular for the regular beer drinker, not the craft beer drinker. So, so let's talk about the the type of beer. So, uh, I'm assuming it's all pale lager. Is that is that a fair assumption? Yeah, American light lager. That's the 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 one that. Hey there, it's me, Jeremy again. I forgot to mention that I also have a podcast with my dear friend, the incredible Julia Hers. Together, we've created the Sense of Beer Style podcast. It's the essential training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. We've created prepisodes to cover foundational beer knowledge, as well as style cast to walk you through each category of the 2021 BJCP Beer Style Guidelines. 
If you work with beer as part of your job, then subscribe and listen so you can become an authority. Go to senseofbeerstyle.com to subscribe. People drink the most. Okay. Because of the influence of what is now AB InBev, and that's how the story all ties together, right? Because they they push it out, you know, that, you know, uh, Mexico has Corona, but you can find your beach anywhere. So uh, AB InBev is going to put their, their find your beach beer all throughout the yeah. hot places in the world. Definitely. Well, but we have our own brands. Uh, it's called Skull, Brahma, and uh, I think Skull, Brahma, Antarctica. I think they are the, the main... Uh, Skull and Brahma are the main uh, beers from AB and Bev in Brazil, but they we also find Corona and all the all the other beers that they have uh, yeah. in other places as well. And and I think every country has its own thing. Uh, the you know the first one that comes to my mind from at least that part of the world I'm thinking of uh, uh, Argentina has Quilmes, yeah. which is you know kind of it's all kind of the same yes and it's, also not, it's not bad i enjoy it yeah it's also from yeah. maybe and bev and also patagonia yeah. which is also from maybe so, yeah. yeah um so what is happening in brazil as far as so we have all these macro brews just mm -hmm. like the rest of the world has their macro brews america and everywhere but what's happening as far as the, the craft beer okay. in brazil uh well now um as uh, data from 2021 from the Ministry of Agriculture, uh, there is now in Brazil 1,549 breweries, include, including the mac macro breweries, but this we can probably say we have around, I don't know, 50, 70 breweries that are larger. The rest is all uh, microbreweries. So I would say that we probably have 1,500 microbreweries, small breweries in Brazil. We don't have anything uh, as big as Samuel Adams, uh, like you have in the States, these big uh, uh, craft breweries. So we don't, we usually have very small comparing to the U.S., uh, to the scenario on the U.S. And 86% of these breweries are all in the south and southwest of Brazil. Uh, so the north, we have less breweries, uh, less microbreweries. Why, why is that? Well, I would imagine there'd be more breweries along the coast. Yeah, well, the, uh, that's the Sao Paulo is the state that has more breweries, and it's also okay. the state that has more money. So usually, okay. and craft beer in Brazil, it's not that affordable. You know, it's something that it's not as accessible. Uh, so you have a concentration in the southwest and the south. The south as well, because there is a lot of German immigration. So the city, uh, we have a city there is called Blumenau. They, they have uh, the second biggest Oktoberfest in, in the world. Uh, and they, it's, it's so funny because it's a very German city. You know, if you go there, you're like, am I in Brazil? <laughs> and in even some places, people speak German. So it's kind of funny to see that we have all these different cultures going on. And they also have a lot of breweries. In this state, in Santa Catarina, is the ter third state that has more breweries in Brazil. My state's the fourth. But it's all concentrated in the southwest, a bit because of economics. Uh, the north of Brazil, it's, uh, it's a little bit more poor. Uh, so we have less microbreweries there. So it's only 14% uh, if you consider the north, northeast, and center of Brazil. 
Well, and, and I want to paint the picture of uh, of the culture in Brazil a little bit more and, and how it relates to the beer. Um, and do I understand correctly that in Brazil, the the uh, just the 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 divide between the uh, people with uh, affluent and and a lot of resources and those who have very little uh, is, is that still uh, just a huge divide? I mean, still you have the rich and the poor and very few people in between, or how would you describe it? Yeah, well, inequality is a big thing in Brazil. Uh, and if you if you paint the picture, the South and the Southwest is, is the, the regions that are more wealthy uh, okay. comparing to, to the North. So if you're thinking about beautiful places to visit, you probably want to go to the North, right? Uh, they have like amazing beaches. I love like Bahia. It's a state that I really enjoy. The people are very nice there. Uh, but if you compare to Sao Paulo, no, Sao Paulo is our New York kind of. Okay. So, uh, and inequalities in Brazil, it's everywhere. So you don't need to go to the north uh, to see, like, you know, poverty. It's in every city. And it's kind of crazy because it's just side by side. You know, it's a, uh, that's a big problem in Brazil, inequality, definitely. And, and so how does that play out into the beer world? You mentioned that not everyone can afford a, a craft beer or micro beer, uh, beer from Brazil is that is that kind of follow along those lines of the uh, economic divide down there yeah i think uh, if you look in, in history uh it's this this is where people used to drink so uh well if you think about the whole history of how a, a light lager came up and how it started in brazil it's a little bit uh dissimilar but uh people are not very used to like different beers they were used to just that type of beer. So uh, the craft beer movement and the uh, the oldest craft breweries in Brazil, they are something like like thirty years old. So we don't have that older microbreweries, you know. So I would say max forty years or thirty five. So it's a very kind of young scene, and uh, Brazilians are used to drink a lot of beer. You know, like barbecue, a barbecue in Brazil, it's it's like something that lasts hours, like hours. You go to your friend's house like around 11 in the morning and you leave God knows wow. when, you know. So we barbecuing and drinking beer all the time. So that's like you want you want a light lager for that, right? To keep drinking these long hours. Yeah, to keep the pace. Yeah, so like the craft beer for some people usually they usually see it's too heavy because the other one it's so watery watered down. Uh, people kind of see it's like a heavier beer, and if they make the calculation, well, if I'm gonna drink ten or however, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. So let's say Heineken, it's something like the the nice beer that you take to a barbecue, and then. On top of that is like craft beer. If you're in, very into craft beer, then you're probably going to find a barbecue on your friend's house that it's a home brew and uh, he did some beer uh, and you're going to do the same, like the barbecue, a lot of meat and beer uh, yeah. combination. <laughs> That's, that actually sounds fantastic. But when I, when I go to a barbecue like that, you know, granted, I'm not there that long because, you know, this guy needs to get to bed at some point. But <laughs> so I, I will I will have my light, easy drinking beers to kind of begin, you know, kind of show up and be social and just kind of relax. But when dinner is served, that's usually when I pull out something 
that I've, I've pre-planted. I know what we're having for food. I, this is the beer I want to pair with it because I'm thinking about the flavors, how they interact, because that's how I operate. I, you know, I know, I know I'm not alone, but not everyone thinks this way. So, so I, I start out with those light, easy drinking beers, and then I have a beer dedicated just for this meal and then maybe go back to something easy. Do people do that, uh, in, in Brazil? Uh, well, definitely. But uh, if you if you go to like the traditional barbecue kind of thing, there is not like a the meal. You know, there is you don't. There is not like a point that you're gonna okay make your plate and sit. It's, that's not very common. Okay. You're just gonna be like eating bites of meat every time that leaves the barbecue. So if you go to a Brazilian steakhouse, they're gonna come with this long uh, uh, the I forgot the name of like sausage. Thing. No, like a, well, the, the iron thing that you <laughs> skew the oh, meat okay. on. So okay, yeah, they're yeah. going to come with that on your plate to, to slice the meat for you okay. all the time, you know? So every time they're going to pass with a different cut of meat or something like this. So if you are doing a barbecue in your friends, you usually buy a lot of different types of meat, uh, garlic bread, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to eat little, little little bit of meat and drink beer and eat uh, garlic bread the whole time. So there oh, is not usually amazing. like, okay, that's time for we sit down and have dinner. No, we having like a small dinner, you know, all yeah. for like four or five hours. But it, it's different everywhere in Brazil. But this is like, I would say, the traditional barbecue. In, in America, oh. I see that people do like a... Uh, burgers and something like this on the grill and then they stop mm-hmm. and eat so we don't do this we just have a beer in our hand and we're talking we're very social people and we're talking drinking beer and eating meat <laughs> yeah we, we we like to make sure that we have all our food is ready and and we try to get everything so it cooks so that it is all done at once so if we're putting corn on the grill or uh, or hot dogs for the kids and either burgers or or if someone is just really ambitious and they want to grill something really nice like a brisket well they're going to start that you know hours before but so that it all hopefully ideally finishes right about the same time so we can put it all out there and say all right everyone you know you bang that metal triangle ding 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 <laughs> it's chow time grab your plate let's sit down let's eat it now is the time and that's that's kind of how we do it here in the u.s yeah well i, I we can can do something alike but it's, it's just very small we also uh do uh farofa with barbecue which is like a cassava flour that you can also mm. put eggs and bacon and a little bit of vinaigrette. So your plates like this, uh, maybe rice, uh, some vinaigrette, cassava flour and meat. But you're usually drinking the same beer if you're in a regular barbecue. But if you are in a beer geek barbecue, then usually, okay. <laughs> At your house or my house. Nice. <laughs> yeah, somebody <laughs> brings something nice and you're kind of sharing around. Uh, but all my, my geek friends that usually when we do barbecues, somebody had brew some beer that we're going to have that one on a keg for the barbecue, usually how it, go, how it goes. Yeah, and you were perfect. talking also about the uh, craft beer scene in Brazil. A lot of breweries started with people that uh, were home brews and then uh, they decide to open their own brewery. So we, we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this topic. The whole idea of the cultural attitude 
about beer. I mean, so so you've said that we drink a lot of beer, uh, we being the Brazilians, which I'm not, but uh, the Brazilians drink a lot of beer and it's usually light, easy drinking and is very, very cold for obvious reason. It's a very hot uh, environment. And so, you know, you know, if you put your beer in a glass, it's going to, you're going to have all the condensation is going to warm up by the time you're halfway done. So, you know, th- this is just part of the uh, area, but what is the attitude about beer, about alcohol, um, about all that? Uh, well, we were talking about something more on the general public. Uh, I don't know if I actually understand the question. Sorry. So uh, I think the question is, you know, in, in some places like uh, like a previous guest, uh, we talked about he's uh, opening a, a brewery in in the uh, Middle East in Abu mm-hmm. Dhabi, and so there are some cultural. Ad- it's very uh, very international area. You may have been there. You probably already know this, but you have all these cultures represented in the small area. But there is a religious uh, uh, aspect to it where alcohol is you know, uh, somewhat frowned upon. It, it's not as easy to find as it would be somewhere else. Oh, okay. Um, but so what, what are the, uh, all the attitudes, whether it's economic or religious or hedonistic, how, how do, how do Brazilians approach alcohol and, and beer for the most part? Well, I'm talking about my city specific. Uh, we are known from like, well, the city that has more bars per capita, uh, in Brazil. Uh, it's called, my city is called Belo Horizonte. A beautiful horizon uh, if I mm. uh, if I translate to English and we love bars that's how we meet our friends we gonna okay let's go to a bar and 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 usually drink beers uh, if you're talking more about like the craft beer thing you usually go to a brewery In my state it's uh the, the fourth state that has more breweries and it's very easy to go for breweries and they have the, a lot of tap rooms. Uh, we also have a uh, Hofbrau house in, mm. in my city. I think it's the only uh, Hofbrau house in Latin America. Like, and, like owned by, by Hofbrau. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's very nice. Wow. So you can go there and have your, your own mass of like uh, uh, of a beer. And the brewery is amazing. I'll, it's just like I'll bet that beer gets warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, but it, I, I, every time that I go there, I like to drink a dunkel in in the mass. I, I think it's yeah. my my go to thing, just to enjoy the heavy weight of the glass. You know. Yes. So but, so you can work on your arms at the same time, exactly. right? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that uh, we are very into like drinking, uh, you know, socializing uh through alcohol so you're gonna find a lot of people drinking in bars and restaurants everywhere uh we do or we are a little bit different in the us and in uh, in some other parts of the world that you cannot have any alcohol and drive it's zero tolerance uh for that but in general there is no like uh it's 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 drinking alcohol it's it's very much part of our culture and i would say more beer uh we also have like a distilled beverage called cachaça which is i love cachaça yeah national uh, so i guess you like caipirinhas in the summer as well that's my (laughs) go-to drink that and rum and cokes that's my go-to drink if i'm not drinking beer in the summertime yeah well i I enjoy some uh, some caipirinhas as well i think it's a very nice drink to drink in the beach but you have to watch out for the lemon. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, it's it's something that you're gonna find everywhere as, uh, as well. But people drink more beer than cachaça. It's it's a more heavy uh, yeah. liquor. So, what is the cultural attitude with uh, you know uh, drinking age and raising children around uh, alcohol as well? I, I know in the U.S. Uh, we we tend to be a little uh, conservative about that. And in, in other cultures, it's like, you know, well, kids will taste, I mean, we're, the kids aren't getting drunk, but they will taste beer. They will taste wine. That's part of the culture. And some drinking ages are 16. Some is 18 in the U S is 21. How has that uh, come out uh, in Brazil? In Brazil, the legal age to drink is 18. Um, uh, but in my time when I was, uh, when I was at that age, uh, well, you, we could buy beer as a child to take to your parents, you know? So it was something like, okay, go to the uh, supermarket, bring me a beer, a pack of cigarettes, and I don't, and you can buy candy for you. So this, we were kids and we, we could buy it. It was very like mind blowing when I think it now. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more restriction on, on, on selling, um, alcohol to minors in brazil i i think uh, i like the u.s thing where you can they ask for your id you know i think it's nice uh i don't see this a lot uh but legally you only allowed to drink at 18 but i wouldn't say it's very rigid you know and i keep thinking about this uh since i come a lot to europe uh in germany and belgians is 16 years old you can buy beer you can drink beer in bars restaurants and sometimes i wonder you know uh if what if this is something that uh considering all the other drugs that is out there and if we tie things too much uh people are gonna look into other things when i leave the united states everybody that i met drink before they were 21. everybody had a fake id so it is conservative, but people are doing anyway. So I wonder, yeah. it's just like, is it a good idea then to say you can only drink at 21 when ev everything is happening? And I don't know, sometimes I wonder, are we humans very into drugs in general? Uh, should we, you know, legalize everything and try to yeah. control? And uh, so it's a, it's a question that I'm asking myself a lot, because if you think on a health perspective you wouldn't be drinking alcohol uh, yeah because because so. i mean I, I think about teenagers and and you know i've got teenagers at home and their bodies are still growing their yes. their uh, experience is still developing their their brains are still developing till they're in their early mid-20s and so i think about all these substances that are going to affect that and that and, i mean that's why the u.s age is set at 21 is because you know, our, our brains are still developing. And so having these substances that were not, at least at the time, completely clear on how it affects us. I, I don't want to take too much time of, uh, about that on this podcast, but that would be an incredible panel to have at some uh, virtual conference or live conference where you have all these beer people and you have these physicians and, 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 you know, just really diving into this topic and what is healthy, what is good, what is, because I let my children taste my beer and because I don't want them to turn 18, get out of the house, 
find a fake ID, end up doing keg stands because it's like, hey, I I I have freedom in the world now. Let's 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 blow this joint. You know, I want them to approach that like I've been tasting beer with my dad since I was young. This is that's awful. Why would you guys drink that? Yeah, I understand that a lot. And I think uh, sometimes I think to the perspective of like, okay, you cannot buy alcohol, but you can buy heavier drugs. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know, I don't have an answer for that. I'm also very interested in this topic. And I've been reading a lot about sobriety, why people choose to not to drink and uh, the effects of alcohol on your body. So I agree with you that uh, uh, on, on this perfect world, we'll be drinking at 25. Yeah. But that's not the reality. So sometimes I wonder, uh, and I would do the same, like you said, okay, I prefer them to try with you and to understand uh, how we should get drunk than to just do it by themselves on this, you know, and on, I don't know, I just think like having this uh, scenario at home where you are aware of the consequences of alcohol, it's, it's a best, it's, it's a good thing to teach uh, to yeah. younger people. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and being a beer educator, both of us, I think that's part of uh, a part of our duty. Our obligation is to share that, that yes, this, you know, I, when I talk to people, I say beer is a tool. And just like a baseball bat or, or anything from any other culture, I can take a baseball bat and hit a home run and I'm a hero, or I can bash in someone's uh, headlights in their windshield and, and, and I'm a criminal. Yes. It's not the bat's fault. The bat didn't do anything. It was the person and how they used that tool. And I think beer is the same way. And we need to, we need to, we need to share how we can make this tool, uh, uh, increase our our experience and our joy not decrease it and um but now we're heading down a different rabbit hole but uh, (laughs) if you want to say if you want to cap anything off feel free but i want to ask you more about brazilian beer yeah no i i totally i'm i'm very into this topic right now and uh i actually think craft beer it's a a nice product to we think about a beer in a different way uh, I said before that in Brazil, we drink a lot of beer. You know, if you see like early commercials of beer, everybody is like, hey, let's have a tray with so many bottles. All the macro breweries, they kind of push this idea to you drink a lot. And if you have like a light lager, you're not going to have just one, right? Yeah. So I, I do like the idea of thinking about craft beer because it's more flavorful to you, you reduce your consumption and, and enjoy alcohol in a different way, you know, so... Uh, uh, because it's probably healthier for you drinking less than whatever you're yeah. drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I always think about, okay, for those of us who are drinking to take the edge off and I'm guilty, I'm, I'm guilty of, of having an extra one on a Friday night. I'm guilty of pushing out this drinking culture on my Instagram. Uh, but I think about what is it we're really trying to sell here? Are we trying to sell the uh, taste, the experience, or are we trying to sell the 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 quantity of of taking the edge off because I had a hard week, or there's a news report that came out that most people feel lonely or depressed, particularly after the pandemic. Yeah. We're still feeling lonely and depressed and isolated. And so it's easy to grab one more beer, especially you've got a fridge full of beer behind you. I've got fridges in my garage full of beer. It's easy just to go grab one more. Uh, But that's, but the question is why? Yeah. Why are we doing that? 
And especially for us that work in the brewery industry, we usually have a lot of alcohol available, like you see here. And I also get a lot of beer for free that people send me. So yeah. uh, I spend the last year, like the end of the year, usually I, I, I stop drinking for like 15 days uh, alcohol uh, at all. So I'm enjoying a lot the non-alcoholic uh, like scene now. Same here. And for me, it was just like, okay, I'm going to read more about the bad effects of alcohol to kind of help me out uh, when I wanted to drink an extra one, you know, just like, oh, okay, I already have one, two. So I'm doing this <laughs> for, for the curiosity. I do the well. same thing. Yeah, I'm like very into now kind of uh, dive into, into the studies. Uh, I follow some people in Brazil that I like a lot. That they criticize scientific studies a lot. And I'm very into, uh, I, I don't know anybody that does this, but uh, reading the scientific papers about alcohol and criticizing it, bringing all the perspective, uh, especially because it's if you start reading it, it's just like, oh my God, it, it, there is a lot of problems of drinking, yeah. even in moderation, so... Uh, again, I would love to have a panel of people to discuss this and, and you are the first one on my list, but let's talk, let's get back to Brazil and the beautiful, let's get back to drinking culture in Brazil <laughs> after that conversation. Right. Um, one of the, uh, first beers that I had that, I, that, uh, that was supposedly from Brazil, I, I absolutely fell in love with doing some research. I found that this beer Oh gosh, uh, my memory's failing me now, but I think it was uh, created by people in America and, and it may have been brewed in, in Brazil and imported back. And, and I, I kind of lost the details of that, but that beer is Zinju, the, the black beer. Are you familiar with it? Xingu with an X. Uh, yes. X-I-N-G-U. How do you pronounce it properly? We, in Brazil, we pronounce Xingu. Xingu. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, are you familiar with that beer? Yes, uh, and it uh, it's funny because uh, they start brewing. They, I think they stopped brewing this beer for a while, and they came back uh, one year ago or two years ago. Uh, so it was kind of recently, and there is uh, also this culture in Brazil of these dark sweet lagers that people used to say it's good for mothers they're breastfeeding which is mind-blowing, okay, yeah. uh, but this beer was one of this that was fav a favorite for this one. So it's kind of like okay. a sweet dark lager. And yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's produced now in, in, as a contract brewery. Uh, and it's funny to see that that's what it gets in, the, in, in other countries. But initially they did that to export. Uh, so this okay. is a little bit of the story. I, I don't know a lot, uh, in deep on, of their history. Uh, but what I remember is something like this. They started, uh, to brew this beer for like a, an exported mark market. And you could find as well in Brazil, this type of this, this specific beer, uh, they and, call it mouse beer. Uh, they call it what beer? Mouse beer. Uh, that that's the kind of style uh, of beer. It's like a sweet dark lager. Yeah, because you know, I, I think they compared it to a Schwartz beer, and yes, it is dark like a Schwartz beer. It's you know, like a dark amber to brown, but 
it, it doesn't taste anything like a Schwarzbier. No, it's, it's way, it, it's probably closer to a Dunkel than anything else, but, uh, but I believe. A little bit the, more sweeter. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's... It, but it was fantastic. Um, is that a beer that is representative of some of the, uh, the, the beer from Brazil or I don't want to say craft, but, but mm. the craft beer from Brazil? I would say there is a, a interesting history about that. Uh, I was when I was in uh, in London. Uh, I, I went to the Oxford University mm-hmm. to visit the Michael Jackson uh, collection. Oh, cool! And it's oh, it's amazing thing. I spent so many hours there, and and I wanted to see what files he had on Brazil, and he, he had files on uh, Shingu. So that was what it was uh famous at that time so it's now it's like i said now uh, they stopped brewing and i think because of the craft beer market uh got a little bit more excited he decided to to brew this beer back so you can find it now but it's a little bit difficult i don't find it in my state very easy mm. actually so i have to look for it and so there's a long time that i don't drink this beer but it's funny that you you bring that up because i remember seeing shingu and palm uh which i never heard in brazil before in total wine uh when i live yeah. in florida i love to go to total wine and just yeah. uh, get lost in there because i i don't love their warm shelves but i love their selection <laughs> yeah. so but but i i i had that beer i really enjoyed that beer but i was a little skeptical about shinju and and as far as whether it truly was representative of brazil or not but the beer but the beer that i really want to find out more about that is purportedly to be you know originated in brazil would be the caterina sour Oh, yes, yes. The Catarina Sour, it, uh, it started all in 2021 uh, with some people from um, the south or from Santa Catarina, the state, uh, which there, there is the city Blumenau is in Santa Catarina, the city that I was talking before. And the Catarina Sour, it's not an official BJCP style yet, not but yet. it's on the, yet. Yet. <laughs> we are really hoping to. It's in it's in like the staging ground, ready to become a, its own style. Yes, so it's like a strong Berliner Weiss uh, with fruit, with fresh fruit character. So yeah. in the south, you can find a lot with all these different fruits, and it's a very interesting uh, beer. I love to serve it in my tastings in a champagne glass, can be a flute or something like this, just to have like people more mind blow at me, uh, you know. Um, because when you have a, a beer which is like pink or different colors from the fruit, that already get people a little bit like, is, is this beer? Uh, <laughs> and then I put in a different glass to exacerbate. Oh, this is a difficult one. Exacerbate? Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> this idea of just like, oh, but, it, but is this beer doesn't taste like beer. I was just, no, it doesn't taste like lager doesn't taste like you know thank you beers that you should drink but this is beer and it's very nice to see people getting excited about it because it, it this is for the people that are not into craft beer in brazil it's, it's very nice to introduce uh different beers so people can get excited about the the beer culture the real beer culture well and 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 they're hard to find uh, i think i've uh, i've only found one and ironically, it was made by Deschutes Brewery in, you know, uh, in Oregon. 
uh, and they made a Katerina sour with uh, guava. I think it was, oh. it was awesome. I, I don't know if it was legit or not. It's the only sample I've ever had. Okay. Uh, but it was, it was fantastic because it, on a hot day, I mean, as we're recording this, you know, we're in May, we're heading towards summertime in the Northern hemisphere. You know, when, just like in Brazil, when it's hot, I want something cold. I want something refreshing yes. and really I want something sour. So, uh, I, I love, you know, if I'm going to have a margarita, why not have a gosa? If, if I want to have a, uh, a, uh, caipirina, why not have a Caterina instead? You know, it's, it's, you know, you have these options to, to really bring out this hot, these hot weather beers. Definitely. And I, and I, and I absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to find more because it was it was it, it was just beautiful i was just going to say uh i have a brewery that i also go a lot i i told you the the koala sun brew is uh, one of my favorite breweries and it's side by side with another brewery that i like a lot it's called verassi and they make a catarina sour with guava mm. i'm not so sure now if they have guava and passion fruit uh, i need to re to to remember but it's delicious it's very delicious and i love guava so it's uh, mm -hmm. it's very a summer drink which is in brazil i say that we have like a, a super hot and not as hot <laughs> the weather yeah. kind of like this yeah uh, so, uh, those are, so we just talked about two beers that may or may not be, uh, uh, representative of Brazil. Are there other styles that the rest of the world hasn't really seen or latched onto yet, but that are just really defining the, the emerging craft beer styles coming out of Brazil? Well, I, like I, well, I said, I think Xingu, like, uh, it, it is about Brazilian history, but I wouldn't say that it's very representative of, uh, the craft beer movement maybe now that they start brewing back could be but uh the catarina sour definitely so a lot of uh small breweries have a catarina sour and i personally like a lot of beers made with uh, different uh, brazilian woods so mm. my favorite one it's uh my favorite wood it's called amburana or umburana and it has like this hints of cinnamon uh on mm. it so it's a very specific wood and I, I really enjoy it. One, one, uh, one of my favorite uh, beers used to be a, a Imperial Porter aged in Amburana barrels. So it's very delicious, the Amburana thing. Uh, it's very potent. So if you're gonna use it as a homebrew, you should really be kind of careful or maybe use chips and control it a little bit. Uh, but it's a very interesting wood. And if I was looking into Brazilian beers, I would definitely try to uh, find some of the uh, different woods. There is also a brewery that I like a lot that's called uh, Cosa Linda, uh, like pretty thing. <laughs> and they are from the south. They are from Santa Catarina as well. And they make uh, uh, wild beers and they have uh, wild beers in a lot of different woods uh so i really wish they start their exporting program so we can start telling people from other places like what's different about the brazilian beer scene so i'll definitely check the wood uh i definitely would check the catarina sour and we now have hops in brazil so i would i would definitely look for uh brazilian no way hops. yeah it's, this is something that I'm so super excited about. Uh, 
I think now there is currently uh, 80 uh, hop farms in Brazil and things are going to be mind-blowing in the next few years. It's something that started, uh, I would say, 12 years ago, but more in a trial and error kind of thing. But now we have an association of hops. In my city, there is also uh, one uh, nice big farm that's called Mundo Hop. Um, and it's very nice what they have. I'm trying to remember what... Uh, type of hop they do I'm, on my mind it's cascade but it's not cascade and, uh, and i'm trying to think about how how that's possible because hops are driven by the amount of daylight and the change of daylight yes. so how does that work when you're just south of the equator well people are using art artificial lighting to okay so so okay so for, so they're, for, they're for getting the, the long long uh hours okay. of uh, sun they are using artificial light all the so it's a quote-unquote grow operation Yes, but it's 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 new. Uh, okay. uh, I was in a conference last year, and I was surprised about all the numbers and everything about Brazilian hops because it was very small in the beginning, and everybody was like, "Oh, okay, let's see people trying." But I think on the pandemic, people got very into this, and now there is it's it starts to getting very professional and i i'm enjoying a lot to seeing this i've tried some beers made with brazilian hops and i was very surprised it's still a wow. little bit of a stigma even for brewers in brazil so sometimes i talk to some brewers and they they feel skeptical about and that's okay but i really wish everybody embraced this with full heart because we are the country of agriculture so i would be watching out from united states and Germany to maybe we become like the biggest producer of hops in the world. In, well, you heard know, it here <laughs> first. Um, that, that's exciting. I, yes, I was not aware exciting. of that. I'm looking, I'll, I'll have to dive into that. One thing you mentioned, um, the woods, uh, the, uh, the woods that uh, Brazilian use is just very unique. Um, do I remember this correctly? And, and, and tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm mispronouncing it and tell me if I have this wrong, okay. but dogfish had put out an Imperial Porter with the Santo, uh, agent Santo Palo Maron. Uh, uh, I wood. think it's Palo Santo. The wood Palo Santo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you're right. But uh, this is, I is think that Brazilian wood as well? Yeah, I'm not, no, it's not, it's not something common in Brazil, Palo Santo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we are, have more like a, uh, Amburana, I think what it's the one that people use a lot and you can find a lot, lots of cachaça with Amburana. Uh, sassafras it's also another type of wood uh, i'm trying to remember some others because it's not very easy to find amburana is the one that brewers use the most uh not barrels the, the majority of the people that i know they use chips yeah uh, okay, that makes sense yeah yeah um, if i if i recall any other name i'll tell you uh we do a lot of things in the uh american oak that that's the bourbon one yeah yeah. because the the barrels are so available so and and oak is just oak is like meant yeah. for yeah. liquid <laughs> so but my favorite is definitely amburana uh, it's the one amburana. that i usually are if it's in the shelf I'll, oops i want to try this one so Ooh, yeah. i'll have to look for that yeah so uh i'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball and and or predict the future uh 10 years from now 10 mm -hmm. 20 years from now however far out you want to go uh, what do you what do you anticipate coming out of Brazil in terms of beer? 
Mm, well, I really hope we don't have that hip cup that like in the US that uh, the numbers of breweries went down because now we are in a financial kind of crazy situation all over the world. Uh, so I don't know how is the numbers going to be uh, for the next years. But after the pandemic, things are starting to grow a little bit more. So I'm, I, I hope we have more and more uh, beers. And I'm very excited about the hops uh, in Brazil. So I would say in 10 years, we're going to have uh, more beers or, or we're going to hear way more about Brazilian hops. And it's nice because then we can maybe have cheaper beers in Brazil because everything is imported, right? We we yeah. have a barley there. We have like a, the biggest producer of, of malt in in South America is in Brazil. It's called Agraria. Mm. And it's a cooperative. Is that how you say in English? Yeah. I'm inventing this word. Or, or cooperative is how I'd say it in my native tone, but you, you said it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have... A, you know, uh, just a standard Pilsen malt and also pay away on malt. Uh, so we could, we, we have a few breweries that have like a hundred percent of national ingredients. There is also a nice project going on, uh, that's called Manipuera. That's, uh, going to be released this year. Uh, it's a project, uh, from the craft brewery, craft beer association of Brazil, Brazilian craft beer association called Abraceva, which I helped. Uh, founding uh, it in 2013 and uh, we've done some nice projects together and this beer from Manipuera they get the cassava the raw cassava they press it and they ferment a beer with the microorganisms from this liquid which is very exciting but I really wanted to try to see what's gonna uh, uh, how it to see what's going to taste because it's a new thing mm -hmm. so I'm really into seeing, uh, I expect we can see more things about uh, the Brazilian terroir or the Brazilian, specific Brazilian beers. Because now if you go to any craft beer bar, you're going to find IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs, everything IPA. Uh, or pastry stout, imperial stout, all of this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take a little break of IPA despite i'm having one now. Today notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah, but it's everywhere right it's sometimes it's a little annoying that you go to a bar and like all of the taps are ipas yeah. uh but it's what people want to drink so i think will be cool to have like uh beers made with brazilian hops brazilian malt yeasts uh so i i, I hope in the future we have more of this in beer and we can have actually a, a few larger microbreweries that can bring a more accessible price for people to try. Uh, that would be nice. So I hope we, in 10 years, we are uh, going to be, we are in a place that's more excited for everybody else in the industry. Well, I hope to see more than Katarina Sauer on the uh, style guidelines where whoever puts them together. I. I that's kind of what I see in the future is as every as beers becoming an international culture, like we talked about, everyone's going to play with their own thing. I mean, that's how, you know, you know, we started with 
with porters and stouts in England. And then there was an uh, export stout because they wanted it over there. So we need to add hops and add alcohol. And then it goes around to the Baltic Sea. And they're like, hey, well, let's make a Baltic porter. It goes to the Caribbean. It's like, now we have a tropical stout. And that's how these styles evolve over time. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Brazilian IPAs. Brazilian, Brazilian this, Brazilian that, uh, along with other parts of the world. Uh, to me, that's what I hope to see. And tw- by the time I'm I'm ready to retire from all of this stuff, I, I hope there's just far too many oh, options to start with. That would be awesome. Definitely, let's hope that. I I hope that you maybe you can find a, be- a, a beer in the states because I know that they are uh, they have like uh, some. Um, um, corporations with some breweries that so the beer is brewed in america but the the brewery is called japas like uh from Mm. it's it's japas is like japanese in brazil but it's a a brewery with uh four uh women that they are all like uh uh they have the japanese how did i say it japanese descendancy i don't i don't know how the word now okay Uh, yeah um and I know yeah. that they, if you follow them on Instagram, you're going to see that they have a lot of collaborations with brewers in the U.S. And they have some of their beers around in New York or something like this. So maybe mm. it's a beer that uh, the people that are listening to your podcast can find easily uh, to try a little bit of the Brazilian. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look for that. Because Brazil is the, the, there is the largest immigration from Japan is in Brazil. So there is a very big uh, uh, Japanese community in Brazil. Interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to look for that um, now that I'm aware of it. I, I'm sure I'll probably see it everywhere now, you know, uh, now that I'm aware of it. Um, so uh, for the sake of time, we have a few closing questions. But before I go to those closing questions, uh, one big question I want to ask you is, from, I mean, you have a lot of experience as a beer sommelier traveling around the world. But from your experience, how do you define a great beer experience? How do you define and deliver a great beer experience? Well, I I define a, a, a great experience when you can really touch somebody through their sensory, you know, when you can present something um, for people that you can see in their eyes that they're glowing and they're very excited about. Uh, I really enjoy doing uh, brewery tours, especially because there are a lot of people that goes on this day, that's their first time visiting a brewery. And people are used to drink a lot of beer, but they're not used to think about how is that brewed, you know? So you have like all these nice questions like, oh, what time do we put the alcohol? I, I really love this because we're talking to somebody that it, it enjoys beer, but it's open for new experiences. So I love to bring people inside the brew house and to drink beer straight from the tank. So that's for me, it's also when I visit breweries, that's the moment that I'm like, like a kid, you know, just like, oh my God, I really want to try this. Uh, so I like a lot drinking beers straight from the tank. And I think bring people inside this and, and sharing a little bit of like, how is it made? And they came made in their house. And uh, from this perspective, when I'm guiding, I, I love to see the reaction of people and always bringing some information that they can work out and they can tell their friends. So, you know, we can expand our community. And from my perspective, it's, it's all about people, you know? So it's very nice when you visit a brewery and 
people are very open to share their passion with you so you can connect through beer uh, that's for me it's uh, it's something nice so you can be from drinking from the uh, tank that's something that i consider very exclusive uh or just sitting down and 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 sharing and sharing information i've been to so many nice uh visits uh i went to my first visit in europe was in uh the brabonder uh the brewery and they made the petrus the outbrewing Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I and love that beer. It was such an amazing visit. I could drink it from the fooders and trying it from different ages. It's just like I can, if I close my eyes, I can revisit the whole, I can do the whole tour again. And it was amazing. And uh, Emmanuel, who did the tour, he was so nice. And okay, let me, sh he showed me all the brewery. And then we stopped, we see it, we tried, and it was amazing. I remember this uh, very vivid. Also, when I went to Germany, to Schundramer, which does, oh my God, they're hellas. It's something from the gods. So it's really nice when you can have this type of experience, when people are giving their attention to show their product. For me, it's uh, how you do it. It's, it can be very simple. It can be just talking, but being open and sharing your passion, uh, it's, it's something that I enjoy. And I, I enjoy a lot when people also do uh, this to me, like when, when they share with me. Uh, I, I love that uh, because it, for me, it's, it's, I love working with those people who are intellectually curious, who are attuned to their senses yeah. and and are, are a little hedonistic because you know you know life can be hard. Let's just yeah. let's just let's just have a good time. But just to have that understanding of of you know there are still those people where a beer is just a beer. But when yeah. you compare this beer and that beer, then this beer is clearly better. And and when you know why, then you'll appreciate why even better. And so I, I love your answer on that one. Um. Okay, so these are my closing questions. Uh, so uh, we can run through these uh, pretty quick. Uh, but tomorrow, tomorrow you get to be queen of the entire uh, world of beer for one day. Uh, God, God save the queen. What is the first thing you would like to change? Well, well, well. <laughs> I think if I have all this power, what I would do it's I would mandate the market share in Brazil for breweries not to be uh, up to 30%. One brewery gets to have the max of 30% of the market share and that's it. So we could see, I, I think it would be chaos, but I would love that. <laughs> so I don't know, it would be interesting to see uh, this uh, diversity, economically speaking, uh, for all the breweries as well, because as I said, it's I don't think it's fair. Uh, one brewery has that much power, you know, 65% of market share is a lot. I think in the US, if it's 33, I'm not so sure. Uh, I think it's limited in the US or not. Um, I have to get back to you on that. I don't believe it's limited uh, just because of the whole capitalistic idea, but I mean, you know, money is power. So it kind of happens naturally, if you will. Um, 
but there there is a lot of that, that that's the whole idea of the quote unquote american dream is you know if you dream it you can be it you know and and so the the possibility is there the reality may be a little bit more challenging for some but there's mm -hmm. i don't believe there's a mandate there yeah so i would be quite a weird queen i would just say like nobody gets to get that big <laughs> we're limiting things here <laughs> so uh so the next question is you've already traveled all over the world and you've had whatever you want to eat and drink. I'm going to change this question just a little bit for you. Um, on your last day on earth, mm. where would you, uh, you know, because you were the benevolent queen, uh, uh that created massive chaos in the beer industry, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to send you anywhere you want in the world and you can have whatever you want to drink, but this will be your last day on earth. Ooh. Where would you go and what would you have? What a sad day, but yeah, I think I would choose something that I'm I'm dying to. Uh, it's on my bucket list. So I would drink Vesflatering Blonde straight from the tank in the monastery. That's that's probably would be it. Yeah, I really love this beer. I think the 12 is overrated. I like it, but um, San Bernardo's it's also very good and i do a yeah. lot of vest flattering tasting in brazil yeah. and that i bring with me and it's funny because i like to do a blind taste and it's funny to see the reaction of people looking for the best beer of the world i right. like it the beer is amazing and uh but the blonde is for me is just like this is delicious so i i've been to the monastery uh to watch a mass i'm not religious at all uh but I really enjoy being inside. It's still very cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't go to the brewery yet, so I'm very persistent. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna visit at one point in life, I believe, uh, because of my persistency. But if I had to choose, that would be it. I would be drinking a vest flavoring blonde with a monk inside the brewery from the tank. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, why does good beer matter so much to you? Good beer matters because it beers bring people together. Beer uh, creates community. Beer uh, creates friendship. So I think uh, it, it, if I look back 10 years ago, you know, I didn't have that much different friends all over the world. That's all connected because of a liquid. So this is very... This is very interesting. And you know, you get to live only once. And if you're gonna drink alcohol, why drink bad alcohol? You know, why drink something that doesn't taste good? So good beer matters because uh, yeah, taste for me matters. So that's all of this. It's beautiful. So for anyone listening, if they want to, uh, if they're in Europe and they wanna connect with you or learn more about what you're doing, where can they go to connect? Yeah, I, I, I live like in both countries, actually. Uh, I pay taxes in Brazil. Uh, okay. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> Officially, a, that... if anyone's listening, <laughs> yeah. I pay taxes. <laughs> exactly, right? So, uh, from Instagram, most probably. Uh, and if anybody wants more information or to get connected with some of the people that I said here, some of the names I said here, and I also apologize for my pronunciation. Sometimes it's not very good. But you can find me at uh, Pri Colaris, and I'm very bad at spelling in English because it's just the letters sound different. So it's P R I E E is I, right? From yeah. P, yeah, P R I C O L A R 
E S E S elephant, I guess. Yes. Yeah, well, and I'm going to have it in the show notes. So P R I C O L A R E S. Yeah, so you can you can send shoot me a message there. I really love to chat with people, and yeah, that's how you you find me. And my email is the same. So awesome. Uh, and final thing, do you have any calls to action? Any final words of wisdom you want to share with uh, the billions of people listening? <laughs> Come to Brazil, come drink beer with us, you know, uh, there is uh, some nice uh, festivals around. So if you're really willing to uh, do a different trip from like a different place, why not? You know, it's a pretty country and I'm pretty sure you can have new friends over there. I'll be delighted to, to get in touch with people from all over the world that they are interest in know, interested in know more about our culture, specific our beer culture. Well, I can't wait to go visit, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, most of all the beer. Uh, but thank you for sharing this information. Thank you for doing the work you do. Thank you for getting out there and traveling. And most of all, thank you for sharing pictures of that for the rest of us who don't get to travel that much. Uh, thank you for kind of leading the charge in that. But but uh, Brazil is clearly a hot spot for so many things. We just need to pay attention and watch out for Brazilian hops and Brazilian beer in the futures. But thank you for coming on to the podcast. I hope so. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. We can see Brazil's influence on the world through movies, music, sports, and more. It was only a matter of time before we started to see beer that was uniquely Brazilian to emerge. Given that this country has such a global impact, what's next, I wonder? In the next episode, we head to Southeast Asia to talk to a craft brewery that is navigating its way through culture and the global demand for craft. I'm on a virtual tour of the craft and culture of beer around the globe. I've put Good Beer Matters on video so I can take you along for the ride. If you know of a person, a place, or a beer story that needs to be told, let me know. Meanwhile, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let your world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers.